Welcome to Salt and Light with Pastor Rodney Finch. Salt and Light is a radio outreach ministry of Calvary Chapel, Cary. Jesus, speak to me. Open your word and reveal your heart to me. Salt and Light is a series of verse-by-verse studies through the Bible, focusing on its practical application to our everyday lives. Salt and Light is recorded live at Calvary Chapel, Cary, in Apex, North Carolina. Stay tuned. At the end of the program, we will give you information on how to contact us, so be sure to have a pen and paper ready. Today, Pastor Rodney will be teaching from the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 2. So grab your Bibles and follow along. Now with today's teaching, here's Pastor Rodney. It is critical that the mom is in support, that the mom is is the one that's kind of driving the family and keeping things together, the mother of those children. Because if the mother of those children in any way give any hint of uh, division or any hint of a lack of unity or any hint of these are my kids, and not your kids, I'm trying to help you. These are my kids and not your kids. If there's any hint of that, there will be division in the home, and the blended family will not work. It won't work well. That responsibility is critically on the mother of those children. I know what I'm talking about because we have a blended family. When I married my wife, she had three children. And I was only nine years older than the oldest, 10 years. Was I 10 years older than the oldest? 10 years older than the oldest. (laughs) (laughs) And it was, I can't tell you how many times you can feel it because you know what? You got to keep in mind, kids are sinners. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Kids are sinners. You know what I say, call them for dinner. Come on down to eat, you little sinners. <laughs> okay. And, you know, try to, you know what, uh, you know, you know, you're not my real dad because their father was killed in a car accident so many, many years ago before I met Elvira. And it was very critical so many times where she would say, Rodney or that man because she always made him call me dad or father, because nobody, no child calls me Rodney. Amen. Hallelujah. I'm from the old school, y'all. Forgive me if you don't agree. It's gonna, you're going to be all right. And, uh, but no child calls me by my first name. That's just the way I roll. Okay. But she would say, that man, your father is going to be the only father you ever have. So you're going to respect, and she always stood with me. Even if she didn't agree with me, she always stood with me in front of those children. And then we talked about it later, because if not, it would be chaos. There would be no understanding of authority, no understanding of unity, no understanding of leadership, no understanding of proper home structure. The hand that rocks the cradle rules the world. That is critical, moms, that you be that one 
to steer that relationship when there is a blended family um, in question. So very important. Hannah would visit Sammy, and I'm sure she had prayed with him yearly, maybe more. I'm confident she would encourage him and give him motherly advice. Mothers are powerful. Say amen. Amen. Fathers are powerful. Say amen. amen. Both are critical in the home. Don't let the world squeeze you into its mold. Well, two mommies work just as good as a mom and a dad. Not right. Not true. Not true. Doesn't work. Two daddies doesn't work. Don't get me wrong. We're not talking about the issue. I'm just talking about the family unit and what works and what doesn't work. And how God has designed things. Mothers have a very powerful influence over their children. And I'm sure that Hannah would go and visit with Sammy and she would sit with him and he probably would say, Mom, Mom, Eli is doing some stuff. Mom, Hophany and Phineas, they are bananas. I I can't believe these, these guys, they're mean, Mom. And Hannah probably would say, well, son, just just look to the Lord. Just trust the Lord. Look at verse 21. I had you on the line. The Lord visited Hannah. I want to ask you, do you think of conception this way? Do you think of conception this way? When, when you get pregnant, the Lord visited you. The Lord visited you. That's why you ought to be thankful when you get pregnant. Because some people can't. Somebody clap your hands like you know what I'm talking about. Some folks can't. Some women can't. But when you do, the Lord visited you, Lindsay. She's sitting there with big old stomachs. I had to say that. (laughs) Mommy, when you get pregnant, the Lord visited you. Look at verse 22, because I'm determined I'm going to finish this. Look at verse 22. Now, Eli was what? Very old, and he heard everything his sons did to all. Notice this. His sons did to all Israel. And how they lay with the women who assembled at the door of the tabernacle of meeting. And so he said to them, why do you do such things? For I hear of your evil dealings from all the people. No, my sons, for it is not a good report that I hear. You make the Lord's people transgress. If one man sins against another, God will judge him. But if a man sins against the Lord, who will intercede for him? Nevertheless, They did not, come on, y'all read it with me, heed the voice of their father because the Lord desired to judge them or kill them. And the child Samuel grew in stature and in favor with both the Lord and men. Then a man of God came to Eli and said to him, thus says the Lord, Did I not clearly reveal myself to the house of your father when they were in Egypt in Pharaoh's house? 
Did I not choose him out of all the tribes of Israel to be my priest, to offer upon my altar, to burn incense and to wear the ephod before me? And did I not give to the house of your father all the offerings of the children of Israel made by fire? Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I commanded in my dwelling place and honor your sons more than me? To make yourselves fat with the best of all the offerings of Israel, my people. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel says, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's household, that there will not be an old man in your house. Stop right there, saints. Let's get some context here. Eli is very old. Chapter 4, you look it up in your own time, but chapter 4 tells us that he dies at the age of 98 and heard that all his sons did to all of Israel and how they lay with the women who, notice the Bible uses the word, assembled at the door of the tabernacle. This word assembled means to fall into ranks or they fell into ranks. There was a group of women who came to the temple to help out according to Exodus 38.8. How Phinehas and Phinehas are seducing them and having sex with them. The text implies that all of Israel knows about it. It's an ancient version of modern preacher sex scandal. In verse 23, Eli said to them, why am I hearing this evil stuff going on with you? Ladies and gentlemen, listen. What we have here is a parent arguing with kids. Eli is addressing the problem, but doing nothing about it. Why are you doing this? And I'm hearing this from the people. In verse 24, Eli says, no, my sons, it's not good what I'm hearing. Listen, your kids are crazy, destroying the church, running around, sleeping with women, stealing from the offering. And all you say is, you guys, this is not a good report. (laughs) Eli is arguing with them and what he is doing is planting a seed of arguing with authority. If your children are wrong, parents, listen, you do not sit and reason with them. You take them to the scripture and you show them what they're doing wrong. And if necessary, then you educate them. (laughs) Apply the board of correction to the seat of knowledge. (laughs) Don't ask why. Who cares why? In man's eyes, it might have looked like they were getting away with it. But in God's economy, listen, God had determined judgment in verse 25. Did you see that? Let this be an encouragement to you. People think they're getting away with something, but God has taken note. Maybe a spouse has sinned against another spouse and they're dating and you're trying to remain faithful. Listen, God has taken note. To human eyes, it might seem that they're getting away with something, but not before God. All of this has a trail to it. 
and it's all being observed by God. God is watching. Samuel in verse 26 grew in stature and favor with men and the Lord. Keep in mind, this is a corrupt society and a corrupt religious system. In the midst of a, every carnal thing that a parent would worry that their child would be infected with through God's grace and Hannah's example, this little prophet rose up in the middle of all of this. And the Bible says that he found favor with the Lord and with men. What a contrast to the wickedness of Eli's sons. And I can't help but think of Luke 2.52 that says Jesus in his boyhood increased in wisdom and stature and found favor with God and with men. In verse 27, it tells us an anonymous man came to Eli and prophesied and said, Eli, God is saying to you, I revealed myself to your fathers and I chose Aaron's line. Come on, listen. And I chose Aaron's line to be the priest to offer upon the altar to burn incense, to wear the ephod before God. God said, I gave all the offerings to the house of your fathers and you didn't have to take them by force. There was great provision. Why do you kick at my sacrifice and my offering, which I've commanded in my dwelling place? Verse 29. And honor your sons more than me. God says, I appointed a physical geographical place to meet with my people. I prescribed the way offerings and sacrifices should be made. My presence was in the tabernacle between the cherubim over the mercy seat. God said, I prescribed all of this from my habitation and you are mocking and kicking at all of that. Why are you honoring your sons more than me? The word honor, write it down, means to make valuable, to enrich, to give wealth. This is a terrible statement. Are y'all getting that? God is saying you are giving more value to your children than you are to me. God expected Eli to do something with his sinning sons. He should have thrown them out of the ministry, even if it caused a ripple in the church. Eli didn't deal with it. God is saying, Eli, if you make allowances for the sins of your children, that is sin. To allow your children to sin is sin. Did you hear me? To allow your children to sin is sin. Now, if you don't have any kids and you're in the sanctuary right now, you need to be listening especially. But when you do have kids, you can avoid a lot of mistakes if you listen to the book. You really can. People, was it, was it Sunday I said people... The world is at war with God. I said that. Yeah. Was that Sunday? Did I say that Sunday? Sunday. The world is at war with God. And they're at war with his word. And that's why family units are so whack. Nobody knows what's going on. Nobody knows what to do. Nobody knows. Moms don't know what to do. Dads don't know what to do. Everybody's just trying to muddle through and figure it out. God has spelled it out. If we would listen, say amen, please. Am I right? To allow your children to sin is sin. It is sin. And how many times have we seen parents let their children do things that are sin? Man, this culture, look, I could keep you here for the rest of the evening. Just talking about that one thing. Parents give their keys 
to the kids and they already have a problem with drunk driving. Parents who allow their children to watch movies they shouldn't watch. Parents who allow their children to listen to music they shouldn't listen to. Parents let their children drink. Worse yet, they drink with them. Some parents allow their children. I'm not talking to anybody in this room. I know that. I'm just saying. Parents who allow their children to smoke pot. Worse yet, they smoke pot with their kids. Some parents allow their children to date unbelievers. Do you know the Bible in the Bible, God forbids that. God forbids that. And a lot of times I'm telling you what I know. I'm not telling you what I've heard. I'm telling you what I know. Parents allowing their children to date unbelievers. Well, he's a nice guy. He's got a J-O-B. So. Well, he's really good looking. So, I'd rather he be ugly with no job and be a Christian. <laughs> Amen. Kind of twisted, but you get me. God forbids that. And the reason that parents are allowing their children to do these things because they honor their children above the Lord. I realize some of these things are hard to hear, but listen, you need to hear these things so that God can shape you and correct you. And if you can't receive correction, there ain't no hope for you. God help us. God help us. People would rather be buddies with their kids rather than honor God who gave them those children on loan. Listen, I love my kids, and I would lay down my life for them. As a matter of fact, I have laid down my life for them. But the best thing you can do for your child is be their parent and let the word of God be the standards. Let God's word be the standard. Honor, the Bible says, honor your father and mother. Isn't that what the word says? Children should honor their father and mother. Parents, don't try to be friends with your kids. We talked about this last week. Don't try to be buddies with your kids. Don't want to be buddies with my kids. Never did, never, never want to. Never had that in mind. Never cared. Never cared whether you like me or don't like me. I don't care. I really don't. Honest to goodness. <laughs> Honest to goodness, I never cared. I need to be your father. I need to be your mother is your mother. And in my house, you respect your mother. And husbands, if you walk in, I'm going to wait while somebody claps your hands. And let me tell you something. In my house, if I walk in and you're arguing with your mother, you're wrong. I don't care what you're arguing about, and I don't care if you're as right as rain. You are arguing with your mother, you're wrong. You know you're wrong. Honor your mother and father. Honor your mother and father. Always on. God will honor you because you're honoring your mother and father. Where are my parents at? 
Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And you gonna argue with your mom? No, no, that's not gonna happen. Nope, that's not gonna happen. Nope, 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 nope. You're wrong. And I don't care if you're right, you're wrong. Say amen, parents. God will honor you if you honor your parents. At the end of the day, remember, you are one with your spouse. You are not one with your children. Man, that's enough right there. For It was worth you coming to church tonight. Yes, it was. It was worth it. Just that right by itself. All the traffic, all the everything. You can get through Chick-fil-A line in time and... They're holding up your order and they mess you up and you're just frustrated when you got here. Let me tell you something. That piece of knowledge right there was worth you getting in this room. Yes, it was. You don't have to agree. You are one with your spouse. You are not one with your children. Okay. All right, we're going to go quick. <laughs> All right, verse 30. Thank you, Ted. <laughs> Ted said, take your time. I got to get them kids out that children's ministry. And uh, <laughs> verse 30. I got to read verse 30 again. Therefore, the Lord God of Israel said, I said indeed that your house and the house of your father would walk before me forever. But now the Lord says, far be it from me. For those who honor me, I will honor. And those who despise me, shall be lightly esteemed. Behold, the days are coming that I will cut off your arm and the arm of your father's house so that there will not be an old man in your house. Tough. And you will see an enemy in my dwelling place despite all the good which God does for Israel and there shall not be an old man in your house for how long? Forever. But, but any of your men whom I do not cut off from my altar shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart, and all the descendants of your house shall die in the flower of their age. Now this shall be a sign to you that will come upon your two sons, on Hophni and Phineas, in one day they shall die, both of them the same day. Then I will raise up for myself faithful priests, who shall do according to what is in my heart and in my mind, and I will build him a sure house, and he will walk before my Messiah forever. And it shall come to pass that everyone who is left in your house will come and bow down to him for a piece of silver and a morsel of bread and say, please put me in one of the priestly positions that I might eat a piece of bread. All right, let's come in. When God says, I'm going to cut off your arm, go back to verse 31. When God says, I'm going to cut off your arm, of your house, it doesn't mean he's gonna hack off your arm. The arm speaks of strength, activity, your doings, who you are as a family. God is saying the house of Eli will be left powerless and without strength. You will see in verse 32, an enemy in your dwelling place speaks of the fact that God is going to give the Ark of the Covenant over to the Philistines for a season. Verse 32 through 35, God is making it clear that the priestly line will not stay with Eli and his descendants, but would pass to another line of descendants. This will be fulfilled many years later in Solomon's day. 
Abiathar, I believe that's how you pronounce his name, from Eli's family was deposed as high priest and replaced by Zadok. 1 Kings 2.27 says exactly that, that Eli's family was removed from the priesthood. Verse 33, shall consume, look at verse 33, shall consume your eyes and grieve your heart, speaks of the family of Eli, who do live a little longer, will not be blessed. Their lives will be painful to watch. Since the fulfillment of the priesthood replacement would be many years later in verses 34 to 36, God gives them an immediate sign. Hophni and Phinehas will die in one day on the same day, and Eli will see it and know the judgment of God has come against his house. In 1 Samuel 4, 11, it tells us the Ark of the Covenant was captured by the Philistines and Hophni and Phinehas was captured with it and killed. Verse 35, God said, I will raise up for myself a faithful priest. Some believe this is speaking of Samuel. Some believe it's a promise to be partially fulfilled in Zadok, replacing Eli's family. And some believe this is ultimately fulfilled in Jesus. We're not sure. But what we can learn is God always has his priests. And wherever there are corrupt, weak, sinful priests, God will raise up godly priests to replace them. You have been listening to Salt and Light, a radio outreach ministry of Pastor Rodney Finch in Calvary Chapel, Cary, located in Apex, North Carolina. Join Pastor Rodney Monday through Friday at this same time. For information regarding service times, you can contact us at 1-800-293-0923. That's 1-800-293-0923. You may listen to today's broadcast in its entirety by visiting the Media Library on our website at cccarry.org. We would like to thank you for tuning in to Salt and Light and pray that you have been blessed. Until next time, may you be salt and light.